With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Back at it with Brew Crew Territory, Braun Kratz. And let's start off with a congrats to Devin Williams, who's been a stud for years and deserves to be at the All-Star Game again. And there you go. The teammates clap it up. He's been one of the more consistent relievers and now closers in baseball since Hader was traded. And uh, spoiler alert, Josh Hader's joining us on the show later. But anyway, congrats to D-Will. Yeah, no doubt. Anytime you can get a guy like this that's going to step in, maybe kind of facilitated a little bit of the Hader trade. Not to harp on... Bad memories when you're in first place, but you can you can slot a two-time all-star in into the closing position after getting rid of a three-time all-star. The guy has just consistently done it, maybe in a little bit different fashion this year. It's been a few more pitches, but we're nitpicking. His numbers are unbelievable. He is going out there. Staying healthy is the biggest thing for him, and he's done it. He's got one of the most trademark pitches in the game with the airbender. I'm sorry, though. Did did I hear you say that he facilitated the hater trade? Do you think that he called upstairs and said, I should be the damn closer, trade away my boy Josh? Nope. But every time he went out there in the eighth inning, he said, I can do that. Yeah. Why don't you, like, let's just, it's just another inning. I can do that. Here, they'll still swing at the airbender. In the ninth inning, just the same as the eighth inning, and we can save a little bit of cash heesh to go out and get somebody else. He was pissed along with everyone else when Josh was traded. That definitely affected the team on many levels. But uh, And we'll get to Corbin Burns as that conversation comes up a little bit during the show in about one minute. Uh, the other thing, two things I wanted to shout out. One is you know, some calling for a late push for Christian Yelich to be an all-star. Sure has a case and overall he's been to all-star games he's won mvp like i don't think he really gives a shit i think yelly's going okay i'm finally making adjustments he's getting more vocal about it more confident about it got to get the baseball in the air because he hits the shit out of the ball he's been doing that consistently it's always been something that i don't want to say plagued him but it's 
hitting the baseball on the ground too often, right? It's, it's the launch angle conversation with him. It's like, dude, if he can just get a little more lift on this thing, it looks so different because he gets on base, he hits the ball hard, plays good D, he can run the bags. So that one missing link that really changes the complexion of his offensive profile looks like it's taking a turn again, which makes him a totally different ball player. 100% does. It makes somebody that is an elite bat-to-ball skills, which he's actually with that bat-to-ball skills, he's upped his own base percentage, which is really lethal. And now he's starting to elevate the balls a little bit. If you remember back to 2018, he wasn't elevating the ball a ton until the All-Star break. It was the week going into the All-Star break. He was voted an All-Star, rightly so. And then he went off, hitting like, I think, 400 in August and almost 400 in September. So if you're trending compared to 2018 with Yelly lifting the ball, taking the same swings, his natural swing, because he has elite bat-to-ball skills, hand-eye coordination, that's just his natural swing. He's going to, you know, it's going to be more line drive. There's going to be some harder hit ground balls. Elevating, when he starts elevating it, he's able to get on that front leg once that knee is completely healed like it is now. Scary canary for the second half. Hell yes. I think Corbin Burns is going to have a huge second half for this ball club as well. I think he is going to recalibrate a bit at the all-star break and come out shoving in the second half of the season. So let's get to our conversation with Corbin Burns right now. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Bernsey, where are you? Are you are you in prison? <laughs> where, yes. Yes, basically. Now I'm, I'm in the tunnel here in, in Cleveland. It's the only place I can get a connection to talk and hear some stuff, so... You know, shocker, Cleveland's got the, the double-A Wi-Fi rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, Corb, I want to talk to you about something that I love and enjoy. You got, you got thrown out the other day. Um, now, now let, me just, let me just review this, this toss here. You were arguing yep. about calls a little bit, and then you got in the dugout. You said something, DJ Rayburn looks at you, and you give one of these, like, like, what now? <laughs> Take us through that whole situation because I thought it was great. You didn't, and then he ends up throwing you out because your shoulder shrugged. Then you started yeah. laughing loud like that. It was just 
the arrogance on your part was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, so so DJ had a tough game behind the plate. Um, <laughs> there it is. I, 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 <laughs> I, I didn't say anything in the whole game. So I was for, – for six innings, I didn't give him anything. Um, he was giving me the cutter off the edge. So, um, you know, not, not going to bitch too much about the stuff he was giving me below the zone. But, um, you know, I ended up walking four guys that night, which I think was maybe a career high for me. So, so two of the walks should have been Ks. And so we could see every pitch he's missing, obviously, on the – on the iPad in between innings. So I'm not saying anything. He's giving me the cutter off the edge and finally gets to the sixth inning and he stops calling the cutter off the edge and he's not giving me stuff at the bottom. And so it just kind of, just kind of obviously boiled up there and um, made the last out, made the sliding catch over the shoulder. No one likes to talk about the, the athletic play I made. They want to talk about the ejection, but um, you know, I spiked the ball. And when I stand up, he's like staring right at me. Like he, he wanted it from the get go. Like he was just staring <laughs> right at me as soon as I stood up. So I'm walking on the field, not you know, I'm not going to say anything, and he's still looking at me. I was like, I was like, DJ, that's terrible. And he goes, what? He goes, I haven't missed a pitch all night. And then that, that's when I saw red. No. Like, really? No. Like, every umpire knows that they, hey, there's some calls. Hey, I might have missed this and that, but he was so adamant that he hadn't missed a single call, and that's where I hit him with, okay, well, DJ, that's terrible. We can see every pitch that you're missing in between innings on that iPad in there. And he goes, hey, you could take that iPad and shove it up your ass, and then and then, oh. then so yeah. <laughs> So it, it, you know, we had some boards after that, got into the, uh, into the dugout and again, saw the pitch that he had missed again, another strike. Um, so I was like, you know, counts came up to me, Hey, you're done. I was at 98 pitches. Like, all right. I said, I'm getting tossed after this first pitch, first pitch curveball again, not anywhere close to the zone. It was up and out. And I yelled at him, probably not. And he looked at me, he goes, okay, now what? And I and I shrugged my shoulders. Like, like what? Like go? Like what? And I got, I got nothing for you. It's probably not a strike. You know, it wasn't. And so he tossed me. And so then I uh, you laughed at him and said, "Hey, I'll, you know, let, let, let me know how many calls you missed, um, you know, tomorrow at the game." And of course, that was the first game of a four game series. And you know, he didn't even look in the dugout or try to talk to me at all. And it's funny. All the all the guys in the clubhouse the next day were pulling up his rating that you see on Twitter, and yeah. it was one of the worst in, in like four or five years. So, yeah, but hey, they, he didn't miss a call. So, yeah, but but here's here's my thing. And umpire can say that to you, why don't you take that and shove it up your ass? But if you were to say that back to him, then you're getting tossed and probably, you know, fined even more. So I, I, that, that bothers me for one. And you give a shoulder shrug like Michael Jordan after he hit six threes, like what now? Oh, no, you ain't MJ, you're going. Like what, what is, where's the disconnect here is what I'm saying. Like that would bother me even more. Yeah, you know, it's, you know umpires have tough, tough nights and he was, that was just one of them and Apparently the, the shoulder shrug is, is what sent him over the edge. And the, the funny part was after that game was in, was in Zach Brown uh, had their concert on the field for the ALS awareness. And so the umpires stayed after the game to watch the concert as well, like we did. So Wade and Miley was going back and forth and just stirring shit up. Like, hey, DJ, did you really tell him to shove the iPad up his ass? And DJ's laughing. And, you know, I was just like, this guy knew that he had, had, had a bad night and he was out there enjoying the concert, doing whatever. So I was like, whatever. It's over with. Hey, you know, I'm going to be the first one to come on here and compliment you. So absolutely. <laughs> that was such a great catch. Even better spike in the end, in the end zone after you caught yep. it. That was good. But I need to take that hat off for a second. I need you <laughs> oh, to take the hat off. You're the first one. You're the first one to spot it. O-M-G. <laughs> you are dreamy. Yep. I mean, are you a, are you a rookie now? I mean, are you? I, hey, I, I lost five years with a haircut. 
Absolutely. Those arbitration numbers are skyrocketing. The right eyebrows, now. too. Look at the I was, eyebrows. I mean, I was, you shaved the eyebrows. I was going to shave. I was going to shave the beer off and go completely clean shaven and short hair, but then they uh, they might have cut me if they saw the new guy trying to get on the bus, and so I left the beard. <laughs> no, no, no. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have cut you because the Brewers just keep calling up all the rookies. So they would have been like, "Oh yeah, here's here's our new guy, Borbin yeah, Kearns." Here's the <laughs> and hey, hey, if you if you shave the beard off, and now that you shave the hair off, the eyebrows are looking tight. Are you going back to the goggles? Are you going back no. to the glasses? No, no, that's what everyone asks. Is that are the goggles coming back out? I said, no, no, no. So the goggles was a one-year thing. Look what happened. You know, 18, great year. Wore the goggles out in 19 and got my shit wrecked. So the goggles are, are no more. <laughs> the, the goggles, the goggles got, they got, they got trashed and now it's all just contacts. Yeah. And I, I got, I got LASIK surgery. I full and win it. I, I had it all completely done. So I, I don't even own a pair of glasses anymore. It's great. Nice. Good for you. And you probably yep. you don't have to hit anymore. So who cares if the LASIK didn't work? You just don't have your <laughs> your nerd goggles anymore. But the question yeah, that right. I have is, did you think about going to Weimer's guy when it was time to cut it off? I thought about it. I thought about doing the whole mullet. But, you know, I had already told the guys, like, hey, if we get to the postseason, like, I'll shave it for a mullet. So at least I've now got I've got two months. I can get some get some decent length back that if you know we, we get to the postseason, we need that stretch run. I'll, I'll shave it for a mullet for the postseason. Love it. Love it. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I, I feel like the haircut changes the mojo a little bit. I know you mentioned the series you've got in <laughs> Cleveland right now, and I know there's some background noise. You, you did an excellent job finding the Wi-Fi signal. But uh, I, what is <laughs> What is just the feeling you guys have right now, trying to get through the series against a team that's also kind of in a similar spot, you know, scuffling and just trying to get ahead? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of, we're trying to find that, you know, that mojo that we had in April. Obviously, that was when we were playing the best, um, you know, offensively, defensively, um, on the mound. So just trying to get it figured out. I um, mean, you know, we've got a lot of great players in the clubhouse and, and you know, it's it's been you know, kind of a streaky time that, you know, we have guys go off and, and guys are struggling. So just all about getting together, um, you know, hanging on while we can, knowing that, hey, at some point it's all going to click. Um, you know, hopefully this could be the series against against the Indians and, or Guardians, sorry. Um, so we're, we, we've got a 10-day roadie now all on the East Coast. So, um, you know, hopefully this this 10-day East Coast swing can can kickstart kick us and, um, you know, we can get back into first place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, 
everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, question for you here. Uh, I want to go to an article I read uh, the other day with Ken Revisa, the late Ken Revisa, uh, mental skills coach, and it brought up in the article about you going back to the basics, really, waking up, making, making your bed, and just getting that first win. Can you explain that to some people exactly what that is? And, you know, so I don't sound a little crazy what I'm talking about making someone's <laughs> bed, but honestly, getting prepared for the day and, and getting after it a little bit so you can get your mind right. Yeah, I mean, the, so the easiest task to do in the morning is, is wake up and make your bed. If you can wake up, make your bed, you start tacking, you know, stacking tasks and, and wins on top of each other. So when you get to the field, you've got this, you know, base and foundation of, hey, I've, I've made my made my bed, I've brushed my teeth, you know, I, I picked up my, you know, my bedroom, cleaned, you know, cleaned up the kitchen, whatever it may be. You stack these, you know, these wins and tasks on top of each other. So when you get to the field, you have this momentum, you have this mindset of, hey, you know, what am I going to do at the, at, the, at the field to win today? So get in and you know, for me today, it's, you know, go in and get a good upper body lift and go out and get a good catch play and go do some drive work on the mound. So, like, you wake up, you make your bed, that kind of kickstarts your day, and you start stacking these wins on each other. So when the end of the day rolls around, you're like, hey, I, you know, I had a productive day. I can, you know, lay my head on the pillow at night and, you know, rest easy and wake up and do it again tomorrow. And I, and I think what people don't understand, too, as well, the mental side of this sport is so hard to, to grasp because you're playing 162 games. You have at least 30, 30 to 35 games in spring training. There's a lot of ups and downs. And for you and for people and young kids out there to think about getting a win from Jump Street, waking up in bed. I mean, how many kids do make their bed? I know my kids don't do it. I know they're not brushing their teeth until I tell them. So it's something as simple as that to get your day going and get your mind in the right path. I think kudos to you because that's uh, that's really uh, interesting feat. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's, it's a long season. You're going to go through months where – you're not feeling great, you know, on the mound, at the plate, you know, defensively, whatever it may be. But if you can wake up and continue to stack wins and, you know, track your progress through the day, whether it's through a journal, whatever it is, um, you know, when you look back at the end of the month, say, hey, you know what, I had a tough month, but I'm in a good spot. I've been, you know, killing it in the weight room. I've been killing it in the cage. I've been killing it in bullpen, whatever it may be. You see the light at the end of the tunnel knowing that, hey, it's going to turn around. And in a, in a six-month season, two months of spring training, and, you know, month of, of postseason, um, it's it's a really long season, so just just knowing that hey, one bad month, one bad week, um, isn't going to completely derail your season because you're you're waking up and, and doing what you can every day. Let's be honest, bad months for Corbin Burns or Borbin Kearns, whichever name you're going with with the new <laughs> with the new look. A bad month for you is like some people are looking around like, am I an all star? Like your expectations <laughs> and what you've set are so high. What would be a successful season with your new mindset from here on out for you? Yeah, so for me, my, you know, the, my goal at the beginning of every year is health. Um, if, if I can be healthy the entire season, I'm making 32, 33 starts, and that gives me the opportunity to be on the field and do what I can do. If I can't you know, be healthy and be on the mound, you know, I can't go out and try to win games for the team, um, whatever it is. So, oh, bless you. So for me, if I can be – if I could be healthy, making 32, making 33 starts, giving the team a chance to win every single day, then I know that the work I put in the offseason, the work I put in the five days leading up to my start, I know that I can go out there and you know, have success and do what I do. So the only way that I could do that is health. So um, that's my goal every year. That's my goal in between every start is make sure I'm recovering, make sure I'm healthy to, to be out there and, and give all that I can for for six, seven, eight innings, whatever it may be for that day. But, um, yeah, health is, is the number one priority for me. 
Corbett, I'm curious how you're able to use that training that you have on the mental side and then also putting it into practice to also try to figure out how to either block out the noise that you think it might be when it comes to hearing your name pop up from fans and, and media when it comes to trade rumors or that possibility, and then also still trying to focus and do your job at this time and in the next few weeks. Yeah, so for me, that goes back to one of the things um, that I started working on from the beginning with the mental side of it is, is the controllables. You know, I know that what people say, what the, you know, the rumors are, um, even what other teams are doing against me, um, you know, I know that I can't control any of that. What I can control is, is waking up in the morning, making my bed, giving, you know, giving my best effort that day, um, getting, the, you know, getting the work done in the weight room, getting the work done in catch play, just doing what I can to make myself available every five days. And then also when I get out there, it's not worrying about you know, what umpires are doing, what, you know, what the hitters are doing against me. Um, so it's, it's, it's trying to execute as many pitches as I can and, and controlling the things that I can. And at the end of the day, um, you know, if something else happens that's out of my control, then you just have to you know, shrug it off and, and go with it. And um, if that means, you know, getting a trade, getting beat up on the mound that day, whatever it is, you, you, you know, you, you live to survive another day and, and just to get back after it. All right. So you brought up those trades. Here's my trade. I know I've talked about this on the show, but back in 18, when you were a rookie and Big Woo was still rookie, you came up and then Big Woo was trying to solidify himself. They came to me and asked me, and I didn't know who Keston Hero was. I think it was Keston Hero who they were going to throw in, but they said, would you trade Corbin Burns and Big Woo for Jacob DeGrom? They asked, they asked me this, and I was like in the org for like two minutes. Would you have made that trade if you were the if you were the owner of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff? Would you have made that trade for Jacob Degrom on a rental? I don't know. I mean, with the amount of years that me and Woody still were going to have, um, obviously you don't know what we were going to do at the big league level. But I think the the value that we had brought to that team in 2018, I think it would have been a really tough decision to to you know to trade us two away. We were we were the guys that were coming in kind of the sixth seventh inning and and bridging it to, to JJ and Hader and Knable. So, um, you know, to lose both of us um, to, to get a starting pitcher as a rental, I think would have been would have been a difficult decision. But, um, yeah, I mean, at, at that time, he was one of the best starters in the game. So it, I, I think at that time, you probably think, hey, you know, we're, we're either win-win, we keep these two guys or we get the, you know, the best starter in the game. Um, you know, looking back on it with, you know, the injuries he's had, um, it, it, it probably would have changed their decision now. But, um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I, you know, it's if 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 you're asking me right now um, with the starting rotation we have, you know, I I would probably say that we we would stand pat and and uh, keep you know keep the bullpen help and keep those extra innings versus uh, you know selling out for one starting pitcher. I have to say that I said no, but I definitely <laughs> thought about it, and I'm glad because I make a lot of wrong decisions. Just ask my kids that I make mistakes all the time, but I said no. Don't trade them. But it was really close. I have to be honest. And that's why he's that's still right. there. That's why he's still there, so fighting with the team in arbitration. Because of you. Yeah. Because of me. Sorry, Cor. Yeah, thanks, Cratsy. Shit. Sorry, man. <laughs> hey, did you do you play in the Phoenix Pro Am with uh, Cam Davis and Bubba Watson in February? Yep, yeah, yeah, I played. I played in that a uh, couple years now. How how cool is that, man? I I, I would love to do something. Me and Kratzy have been waiting for sure. Hey, just so you know, you're not going to um, uh, what is it, Trout National before us. Just so you know, we're gonna make oh, sure he's definitely invited. Before we, we're us. Getting, <laughs> we're schmucks now. Hey, that's my guy. If he doesn't give me a call or give me a membership, you and me are going down by ourselves. <laughs> talk, talk to us about playing with professionals 
hit, I would say you hit 196 mile an hour one time. Was it straight, right, left? How'd you hit it? Yeah, so so I, the first year I played it was two years ago. Um, we we played with Bubba on the on the back nine. So the pro am you get paired up with two pros, one on the front, one on the back. Um, and so we played with, uh, gosh, we played with Bubba the second. I can't remember who we played with on the front nine, um, but we played with Bubba on the back nine. And and if, if anyone's ever knows Bubba, he kind of keeps to himself a little bit, and everyone thinks he's kind of a douche because he doesn't like to talk to anyone and. And so, you know, my goal was, hey, when we play with Bubba Watts on the back nine, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this guy to open up. And so immediately, I just started talking shit to him. Like I was just letting him have it. Him, him and his caddy. His caddy was loving it. So finally, Bubba opened up to me, and then and we had you know great great conversations um, the rest of the way. But he was he was amazed at how far I could hit it. And yeah, one of those the the 18th hole, they had the track man set up, and I think I had a 197 ball speed. And he was basically like, look, like. That that's gonna outdrive ninety eight percent of guys on the tour. Like I put on an absolute clinic that day with the driver, so that's that's why I got invited back the next year with the guy that, that has the foursome, just mainly to hit the shit out of the driver and let them play from you know fifty yards away from the green. But um, yeah, those guys are they're, they're unbelievable. This this year I played with Patrick Cantlay on the front nine, and I mean the guy is absolute nails with the putter. I think he he had I think ten putts on the front nine and shot six or seven under. This so this is a practice round, no pressure on. And these guys, I mean, they absolutely just tear up this golf course. So it's it, it's unbelievable to, to, you know, play with these guys and just to talk to them. Just, you know, obviously we, we know what goes on in our 162-game season, but the, the amount of travel these guys, uh, you know, have and the amount of, you know, they spend basically a full week in the city and the practice rounds and the working out and the amount of, you know, hours on the practice range. Like those guys, you know, they, they may have it tougher as, as far as we do as far as the amount of hours they're putting in. Um, but it's just it's just unbelievable the you know the skill the skill level that those guys have. What what um what's your handicap? <sighs> right now, uh, I'm, I'm probably a two or three right now. It's it, it's on the it's on Ooh. the high side. Whoa! Yeah. Have you have yeah. you heard have you heard of uh, Wits Whit Merrifield's tournament? Have you heard about that? Have you gotten an invitation I, yet? I I've, I heard him talk about it. No, I haven't haven't received the invite yet. But that would uh, oh. that'd be fun for sure. We'll get. <clears throat> hang on one second. Hey, Whit, <laughs> Corbin Burns wants to come and take your cash, so you better invite him. I need, I need to get you. We'll, we'll make sure the people behind the scenes here hook you guys up. You'll get, you won't get an email because you're a big leaguer. The minor leaguers and the guys who aren't playing anymore, they get emails. But you'll emails. get a cool invitation. Hey, I'm, I'm hey, looking forward to it. It's fun. Last thing, when you get your first – there was your first time you were ejected, right, if I recall? Yep. Yep, so I framed mine in my bathroom down here in my batting cage. So highlight what you said. They're going to be some choice words. Eric loves going down there and doing what he does in the bathroom and telling me about it. So highlight it, <laughs> make it, make it nice and neat somewhere. So when people come in the house, they have something to read and you'll get a good laugh. You'll be with people laughing in the bathroom for no reason. I'm, I'm not to do that. I mean, so Kratzy, here's a good story for you. I came in, I came in the, uh, after I got ejected, I was told I had to leave the dugout. Um, you know, I was down in I was down in the clubhouse in Cincy, and Shager walks by, and Shager said, "Hey, you know, good game, whatever." And then, like the game ends, and Shager goes, "Hey, you were ejected." I was like, "Shager, you do you pay attention to the game when you're down here? Like, will you, will you quit playing with your hair or whatever you do it in in the meantime?" Like, yeah, dude, I got ejected. It's my first career ejection. Like, what are you gonna get me? He's like, "Oh, nice, sick, congrats," and I didn't get anything for it. Come on, Shager, one time. Yeah, I mean, every That's time we saying, have a brewer like, on, Shager comes on. And Shogger's like Shogger's like one of these Sarah Lang tweets. It's like Shogger's here, and then he's like wee, and then he's here. He's losing big Wu's home run bat from the playoffs. Yeah. Now he's wow. not getting you something. Like 
Shogger's going to be on the show. I say it every time. You need to bring him on and his weird little ponytail since you don't have a ponytail anymore. <laughs> you can play with his hair. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to talk to him. We, we got to get Shogger straightened out. He's he's definitely you know de- declining over the years. He's he's getting getting real show, getting real comfortable. So we'll uh, we'll we'll have to set him straight. <laughs> thank you so much, Corbin Burns. We appreciate it, and uh, we of course thank you for being on Fell Territory and going the extra mile to find the good Wi-Fi signal. Nice haircut <laughs> too. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks to Corbin for swinging by and also keep the hair the way it is because it definitely worked since he's made the change. Just Happy saying. haircut. Happy haircut to you. And happy re-debut for Jemai Jones, who signs with the ball club. He was, you know, swinging all around, getting getting picked up, coming off the big injury. Brewers go, all right, we need you, dude. And he's like, great, you need me? How badly? Because first pitch, I'm going to have one of the best swings of the year for the Brewers in a huge comeback win for them over Chicago. Down 6-0, they end up winning 8-6. He has the huge dub for the team. That's a really great story for a Milwaukee team that is kind of thin at times on offense and needs these kind of comeback situations to have wins that maybe they shouldn't have have won, right? Like this is a game where they're down 6-0, 99% 99% of the time, you're not coming back. And Jemai Jones saves the day for them. A dude, you never expected to be back on the team. One swing, one at bat. And I don't mean to use a dad pun here, but he was jonesing for an opportunity to get back in the big leagues. He was raking in the minor leagues. Wasn't getting an opportunity where he's at. Signed with the Brewers. Got an opportunity in his first pitch he saw. He was ready for that. He was sitting in the dugout the whole game, got his hit, and then he got to sit in the dugout the rest of the game. Three stakes on one swing. That is how you that's how you make your presence felt back in the big leagues. Hell yeah. And you're allowed, you get one, one dad joke. That's okay? right. Your your kids told me that he gets one, one per show. I'll use it. Okay. Now put it away. You don't want to take it home with you. So you used mm-hmm. it. We got Josh Hader on the show. Yes, this is a Padre on Brew Crew territory, and I think any Brewers fan would want to hear what Josh had to say about the trade from last year. Hey. It's got to be a Brewers hat. It's got to be a Brewers hat. We're all Brewers because haters on, man. (laughs) It's my guy. Brewers, man. Sticking out doors, baby. (laughs) (laughs) What it do, fellas? How you guys doing? Dude, great. Can you explain what was that? Start with that. Stricken what is outdoors what? is what I'm Stricken saying. Outdoors. Go ahead. <laughs> Stricken Outdoors is like a, comp- a hunting company that uh, me and a couple of buddies started. We like film our hunts throughout the off season. Um, and we came up with a little name, had some uh, merch and uh, did all that. So it was like a cool little thing that, you know, obviously we're playing baseball all the time um, and they were back home working. And uh, it's just like something that we just could do something together, um, obviously. And share a passion of hunting so it was uh it's fun it's it's exciting too that's awesome no we'll plug that i didn't know about that (laughs) (laughs) sorry this just got in in our way whoa i just popped up out of nowhere yeah that's your butt i'm touching your butt right now yeah you know what's crazy is that if you go lower i'm like off the ground by like three feet as well like (laughs) just like i felt like a little kid just like oh they did Thank God they didn't add that part in there. I lifted, <laughs> if, <laughs> I lifted him up after I gotta get rid of this because it's it's so big. It's a great gift. It's a great gift from Hater. Did he that's give you that? Brought, he gave it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You and the wifey. 
one day yeah. after the season, I show up. I'm going to probably rip it here if I no, don't. No, no, you're good. Okay. There it is. One day after the season, I show up, or my wife's at home, Sarah's at home, and she's like, she's like, babe, there's a huge package at the front door. I'm like, wow, babe. Okay, I'll check it out. And she's like, she's like, she was calling me on the phone, and she goes, it's really big. I don't want to open it. Like, what if something, like, breaks? I was like, I have no idea. Hater didn't tell me nothing like this. And this huge, it's like four foot, five foot tall. It's a picture of me and Hater. Such an awesome gift. You and the wife, I mean, it's it's centerpiece in the basement. I built the whole basement <laughs> around it. I love it. No, I mean, I think that was a special moment for us. Obviously, um, you know, being in Denver and cold and moving on in playoffs. Playoffs is a hard thing to do in, in professional sports, especially baseball. And, um, you know, I had a great time with you and just the mentor that you were to me as a pitcher and that battery connection. I was like, Marie and I were just talking like, what could we do? Like just to kind of remember that moment, but also, you know, remember the, obviously the, the career you had. So I thought that was a special moment. For sure. I don't have any, but nobody, nobody's painted a picture of me and sent it to me. So I really, I seriously, like, I really appreciate it. I sent both of you guys texts. It's, it's so awesome. It, it, it was, it was a great run. And for me, I'm like, eh, I should have quit that year. <laughs> but my, my question is, my question is, have you had anybody else that you bought a painted picture for because it's going to make it feel a little nobody no painted pictures no tell maria You're, thank you that it means she, even more now yeah that's that's what we try to do make it special you know it's uh i think the baseball world is uh is a unique experience because you meet so many different people so many different families and um when you become you know spend, spend so much time with each other i think that was that was something that we show our appreciation just from you and your family and how great you guys are. Hater, yeah, did you obviously. see did you see that Bernsey cut his hair? And do you feel like do you feel have you have you reached out to him about it? And do you feel like he could have sent me some of that and made a wig out of it? I'm sure he could have definitely made a wig out of it for you. Um, yeah, I saw that. I didn't I didn't message him because I knew we're no flow, no longer the flow bros anymore we had a t-shirt that said flow bros and and he he cut it off and i was like oh man that's tough it reminds me of the 2018 corbin burns when i met him uh in the dugout when he got caught up i was like dang that's that's burnsy now that's young burnsy now but we no just need the, the oakley glasses I, that's why i asked him when he was on i was like dude you gonna get those Oakley's back on because he has some thick <laughs> frames. He was like he was like Joe Paterno, like blind, like can't see anything. Yeah, I remember. But. Those things were the worst, though. I, I'm, I'm. He put me on the LASIK train, and I was like, thank gosh, like because that was game changing. While we're on the Brewers, you did get kind of surprisingly traded from there last year, maybe. So who's it going to be this year that they Burns, Woodruff, Yelich? Uh, I don't know. Burns. I am not sure. Um, <laughs> I, if it was me, I'd, I'd ride it out to the end of the year. Um, but, you know, I don't get paid to do those big boy uh, moves. I get paid to stay on the field and do my job. So I would think they'd keep Burnsy um, and Yelly. I don't, I don't think they would trade. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. 
that's the that's the crazy time about baseball is when you get towards end of July and they start making some deals. Do you feel that? Do you feel the same thing with the Padres? Like we're like you're not you're not quite there yet. It's like the, you'll go to the All Star game. Sorry, you don't ever get any All Star breaks because you're so freaking good. You always have to go to those games. But are you sitting there like as a pot? Like are you sitting there in July twentieth and like, oh boy, all right, trade deadline. Here we go. No, not at all. Not, not at, all. at all. I mean, even after last year, where like no, it was kind of sneaky McSneakerson. I mean, I can't control it, right? So I don't worry about, like, things I can't control. I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's not like I'm going to get a heads up, like, hey, you're going to get traded in two days. And then it's, like, more like 10 minutes. Hey, you just got traded now, and I'll get out of here. So it's not like I can change anything if I knew it anyway. So just ride with it. So you can't change anything. How was it for you and Maria last year? Because I moved 94 times in (laughs) my life before I quit baseball. So how was your, now you've been traded a lot, but now you guys are like, you guys are family style. Maria is like, I don't know. I I asked you guys one time if you guys ever argue because neither you guys are all, you're both so freaking nice, but now you got a kid. Is it, is it, is there arguments now? Like, was there arguments? Like, wait a minute, you got traded. I'm not going no chance. I'm staying I'm staying at home. You go play the season. How was that? How was it like moving your family? Um, I special shout out to the agency. Um, CAA really helped us out, helped her out, especially. Um, you know, I was in Pittsburgh. We had an off day, so I got traded. Um, and I was on a fl- I was on a flight literally in three hours after that, so I wasn't able to go back home, help her out, pack or anything like that. So um, Sean came in and, and helped her out, flew her out. Uh, with her because we had the dogs and Lucas and he was probably I want to say he was like four weeks old yeah he was so so yeah so I mean if it wasn't for him I don't know how she would have done it but um it was definitely that was that was probably the most uh stressful time just because you can't you can't help her you have you have no hands in the game so for them to be able to help her out was was definitely a big part. Okay, big six-game series coming up for the Milwaukee Brewers. Sure, there's an all-star break in between it. But they take three against Cincinnati before the break and then three more against Cincinnati after the break in a six-game stretch against the team that they're battling with in the division. Who, I mean, who was wrong on this, right? Didn't everyone say? It's Reds Brewers, Slugfest, Right around the all-star break, circle the calendar. These six games could be very critical, not just in deciding the division, Kratzy, because I don't want to go that far down yet, but how about where these teams weigh their own status heading into the trade deadline, too, as we get closer to that time period? Because if one of these teams takes four, maybe even five or six out of six, it's a very different-looking division. It is going to be cutthroat the whole time. It is going to be the Brewers going up. It's going to be the Reds coming back. It's going to be the Brewers late, leaning on Devin Williams. It's going to be a great season-defining. I would, I would say season-defining group of games because exactly right. Like, if the Brewers drop a few, they're going to be selling, and the Reds are going to be buying. Not saying that the Reds are going to be buying what the Brewers are selling – but it is defining. It's going to put teams in situations, but it's also going to show them 
where their deficiencies are because they're going to be chasing each other all the way down to the end, no matter what happens in this six-game stretch. This spot here and there, they're going to be battling each other the rest of the way, and I'm here for it. I am too. I'm watching every game, and then we'll report back, okay? So thanks for swinging by on Brew Crew Territory. For Kratz, I'm Braun. Thanks to Burns and Hater for joining us for this week's episode. And if you're watching this right now on YouTube and you're traveling and you want to get involved audio-wise, Apple, Spotify, it's free 99 it's free to listen to brew crew territory every week we'll see you for the next one